Well, happy Labor Day weekend. Good to see you all. You just Chris kind of warmed us up a little bit with with hands. Let's try try some more interaction. Uh, who has tomorrow off? Raise your hand. Nice. Uh, who's working tomorrow? Extra blessings on y'all. Uh, I'm sure it's because you're either helping solve somebody's problem that is urgent or they have created a problem and now they need you. So very grateful for you who are working. Um, we have a, a history for the last many years uh, on this particular Sunday of Labor Day weekend. We talk about faith and work, kind of that intersection of our faith and our work, because that's where we spend the vast majority of our week. Most of us do at work. And so what does it look like to live into our faith in that space? Uh, this season, I mean, just again, another show of hands, who would say that your experience of work or your experience of your workplace has been a little bit of a clown show the last couple years? Yeah. Those of you who aren't raising your hands are probably the boss, and so you just don't want to admit that it's been really challenging. Uh, but Colossians 3, 23 and 24 say, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving it has been a weird season, and so it felt fitting that we would uh, invite some people from our congregation to talk about what this has been like, what it's been like for them as they have lived in to this season and what God is calling them to. So we did some interviews, which I will invite you to watch on the screen here. Uh, all right, my name is Dune. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. Uh, I've been attending uh, Bethany with my wife, Petra, whom a lot of you will know. Uh, for 10 plus years, um, and I've been uh, in uh, leadership positions with uh, big and small tech companies uh, for the last 20 plus years. My name is Andrew. I've been here at Bethany since 2012. Uh, my wife joined us after we got married in 2016. Um, I worked as a software engineer in tech for about 10 years, but right at the start of COVID, I started transitioning and now run a uh, rock climbing gym. And my name's Amanda, and I have two grown daughters, and I live with my husband in Magnolia, and I've been a pharmacist um, at one of the area medical centers for since 1990. Wow. Um, well, the last uh, year, year and a half, uh, have been uh, challenging, to say the least. They've, they've kind of sucked. <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of crisis. Um, personal crisis, with uh, deaths in the family, uh, with uh, other challenges, challenges at home. Um, and uh, through a lot of that, uh, work in some ways was kind of a constant until it wasn't. Uh, and then there was crisis there as well. Uh, and that led to uh, other types of uh, change and transition. Um, most recently uh, being uh, my employment with uh, with my last company kind of coming to an end for a, lo a lot of different reasons uh change in, uh, in in leadership and reorgs and things a lot of folks might be familiar with uh just changing leadership mostly uh leading to uh making uh work very challenging uh for me so that on top of everything else that was going on in my life personally um was hard very hard and began to have an impact on uh, my sense of well-being, you know, physical health, 
mental health. You know, I got a blood pressure monitor to check my blood pressure. I've got my Apple Watch telling me that I'm not standing enough. Uh, so it it, uh, it led to um, needing to take stock and inventory of just where I was at uh, with things and, and how much longer uh, things could proceed as they were. Uh, so transition was on, was definitely on the horizon. Right. It seems like a lot of those transitions you mentioned, though, were not in your control. Like someone passing away, whatever's happening at right. home and work. Right, right, What was that like? Throughout a lot of the turmoil and change and crisis, uh, trying to find things that felt like I could control uh, was, uh, was challenging. Uh, but being able to find some of those things was also kind of life-giving and, and grounding. Mm-hmm. Dumb things like uh, I have a dog. Uh, I call her my uh, emotional support coach. Um, you know, I make sure to walk her two, three times a day. That's a constant. Mm-hmm. I can make that happen. Mm-hmm. All right, I have three o'clock matcha uh, with with my wife. I can make that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's things that I can do that I can uh, have control that uh, help when everything else is kind of swirling around you. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think about uh, something uh, an old college pastor had told me years ago. Uh, you know, when you, when, you, when you look at Psalm uh, 119, you know, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, right? It's not, it's not a spotlight or a floodlight mm-hmm. to every place that I need to go, mm-hmm. right? It's very much about where you are, mm-hmm. right? So it's very much at your feet, and I have always kind of taken that as an encouragement to try to be present uh, in in the moment, mm-hmm. right? So mindfulness uh, practices, meditation, prayer, silent walks with my co- with my <laughs> emotional support dog coach uh, have been uh, things that I've been able to mm-hmm. uh, lean into when everything else was kind of going up in flames. Mm-hmm. Are things still on fire? Like, or have some of those been out or the fire is maybe 40 percent contained um there's still there's still fire uh in other areas mm-hmm. um you know some uh mostly outside of work mm-hmm. but some of the uh the the work related ones i'm not transitioning into a new role mm-hmm. uh, that's now stabilized and mm-hmm. i start a new role in a couple of weeks oh, wow. yeah awesome. so that part at least is more stable yeah yeah andrew do you want to tell us a little bit about your last couple years? Yeah. Um, so I worked as a software engineer for about 10 years. Um, but even before that, when I was still in college, I had always wanted to open a rock climbing gym. Um, and that had been a dream for forever. And it didn't happen for so many different reasons. Some of them financial, some of them personal life plan, how things were going. You know, you, you graduate from college and the first thing that you do is normally try to find some stability or some sense of belonging in the workforce in this world that we live in right now. So that momentum carried me for a long time as a software engineer. Um, and then through that whole path, it always felt like I was doing okay, but it never really felt like I was flourishing. It always felt like I could do enough to earn a living and I could survive and achieve some sort of status within this world that never really felt like it mattered that much mm-hmm. and never really felt like I could deep dive into those relationships with people or into a sport of passion like rock climbing is. Um, 
So right around the end of 2019 is when I started to finally make the decision that I was going to really put an emphasis on talking to banks and lenders and real estate agents and con general contracting companies and all that kind of stuff. And the ink was barely dry on the lease when I had finally found a building when the pandemic happened and the whole world shut down and things got really, really crazy and the world flipped upside down a couple of times. Um, and at the time I was still working my job um, as an engineer because the goal was to uh, roll through that transition where I could quit my job as late as possible for the gym to be open, right. for that to be my full-time role. But then all of a sudden in March 2020, I got laid off from my job. I got an email mm -hmm. that I was going to get laid off. Mm -hmm. And my very first thought was, what am I going to do? And almost within the same breath, my next feeling was this intense sense of weight being lifted off my shoulders. Mm -hmm. Like, all of a sudden, God was telling me, you don't need to worry anymore. And I just didn't. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. I don't really understand why, but I tell my wife, Caroline, and we often reminisce about this, how summer of 2020 was actually one of the best times that mm -hmm. we'd ever had wow. together. Um, we just didn't have anything to worry about. She, she she was furloughed. She ended up keeping her job, but we went on walks. We hung out with the cat. We cooked and baked a lot and uh, worked on the gym at the same time. Everything was in a little bit of a state of flux of when are we going to get to start construction? When are we not going to? How much runway, financial runway do we have to make this happen? How much financial runway do we have to make the business happen? And there are still many things that feel on fire. This time they're all fires of my own making instead <laughs> of from the employer that I was working working for before. Um, but for the first time in my life, I feel like my work and my faith have intersected so intensely and so deeply now mm -hmm. um, in a way that I can be um, fruitful for what God has called me to do yeah. rather than just surviving. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. What does that look like in the sense of, like you said, this is my dream. Like mm -hmm. it was before you met Caroline, like mm -hmm. you really wanted to do this. And now you're saying that your faith and work life feels like it's intersecting. What do you make of that? Like, how did your dream get to this, like, glorious Lord? Yeah, moment? yeah, it's really fascinating. It's one of those things where I think that more and more I've realized that the reason this dream has worked in some ways and not other ways um, fully, but is through me leaning into what I feel God has been calling me to do because I'm very passionate about rock climbing and I'm very blessed to have been able to incorporate those. I know that that's not true for everyone, mm -hmm. but ultimately what has really been the most fruitful is diving into those relationships with um, my customers and my uh, staff where I'm literally responsible for the health and wellness of my customers and my staff now mm -hmm. and working in the health and fitness industry now. Um, and having that responsibility and that that trust that others have placed in me uh, feels very precious. It feels like this living, breathing thing that I'm trying to nurture all the time instead of just coming in and punching a clock or looking at my checkbook and say, oh yeah, I made this number of dollars and I made that mm -hmm. number of dollars. Obviously, we want to be a, a growing, thriving business, but the primary goals on top of it are not financial. Mm -hmm. the, the primary goals on top of it are having fulfilling workplaces for my staff and fulfilling lives and climbing careers for my customers as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. That's great. I, like I said, started pharmacy in 1990 and um, 
have worked um, straight through. Uh, when the girls were little, I just worked a day a week um, just to keep my foot in the door, um, but to be with them as much as I could. And then as they got older, you know, would add a little bit. Um, and uh, I even uh, when my youngest was in kindergarten, our other church asked me to be their interim children's director, just totally off. And I because I'd always worked with the kids and um, in the programs. And uh, I was like, what? I'm a pharmacist. I'm what I, that's, that's weird. Of course not. Um, but then, you know, prayed about it and thought, maybe that is what I should be doing. So I did that in addition to pharmacy. And the, the interim job ended up being three years. Mm. Whoa. <laughs> so, uh, but it was really fun and it felt good. It felt like what I should be doing and for the time. And, um, and then... And then went back to just pharmacy, and uh, I've done that. I've enjoyed it. I love the patients. Um, there, there's different roles you could work as a pharmacist, but what I really liked the best was with the patients, you know. And um, so that's what I've done the last 15 years or so. Um, it is a physical job, so we didn't really even have chairs because you're just kind of running around all day, and it's it's pretty stressful. And... Um, there's just a lot going on, the regular stuff, and then phone calls with a million questions and insurance problems and just it's a high stress job, you know. It's like no 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 and um but I've always liked it. I've always um just worked my hardest. Um I think I said in um it's been uh, important to me. So in my life it was kind of God and then my family and then work, mm-hmm. you know? And um so I You know, I just try to do the best I could always. Um, In the last few years, uh, I have had a couple injuries, and um, right after COVID started also, and uh, right before COVID started, and, um, you know, the first one required kind of a major surgery to repair and felt like it took forever to recover. And then when it was um, just about recovered and I was really super active again and then boom I had an accident and then I had to have another mm. a sort of different um, injury that I had to get repaired and stuff that took forever um, so but in all in, in that is just that um, there was a lot of pain and um, you know but I kept working because it's important to me mm-hmm. and um, but it was painful you know and um, just working all day with the pain you know, kind of get home and be like, um, just kind of zoned out or my day, the day off, I'd be almost like recovering mm-hmm. from work, which sounds lame, but well, kind of is lame. Um, but it just got harder and harder. And then with COVID also, they had to cut back staffing, but we still had to work. Right. So we just didn't have as much support staff. So it was a little harder and, uh, you know, we have to go rain or shine or snow or anything. Mm-hmm. There's just always, um, you gotta be there. And uh, um, so um, my, one of my visits to my daughter on the East Coast, one day in the spring, she said, well, you should just think about retiring and work, just work enough part-time to pay your insurance or something. And I thought, that's a crazy idea. I've always planned to work till I was like 70 and I'm only 59. And, um, <laughs> um, but that she sort of planted a seed, you know, and um, once in a while that would go to my head, come to my head again, and um, just as a, hmm, I don't know, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And um, what happened was, um, I know my husband would see 
see it on me, probably, um, you know, how wearing it could be. Um, and we were at church at the end of May, and they, someone got up and talked about the Agros trip that was coming up. And um, my daughter had gone with Agros twice when she was in high school. And my whole life, I've wanted to do a short-term or even a long-term mission. And I just thought, man, that'd be great. And like, maybe I could do it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, why not? I could do that. I could go on one of those trips, you know? We could, I should go for it. And I just really felt moved, you know, like I should be doing this. Like, mm. is God telling me I should be doing this? But just in the service, I really felt moved while she was talking. And so afterwards, we went out to the lobby and um, to find out about this trip. And I, we said, well, when is it? And they said, July 30th. And we're like, this July? <laughs> and I'm like two months away. And then I thought, oh, well, that's not possible because we have to put in vacation like nine months ahead. So, um, yeah, that's going to be impossible. And... Um, and then I went to a meeting for it like that night or a week later or something. And um, and I still just felt really moved and um, about this trip. And um, uh, so I just retired and went to Nicaragua right. and, um, <laughs> and it was amazing. And um, the crazy thing is once we decided um, I felt really at peace about it. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I would always plan to work, you know, forever. I couldn't picture not working. Mm -hmm. And um, and in everything I was doing after that decision, it just felt so relaxed. It was really giving me goosebumps. Mm -hmm. um, it's the weirdest thing. Um, just even just doing the normal things I was always doing, mm -hmm. it didn't feel that crazy. Yeah, I just felt really at peace about it. I didn't feel worried about it. Mm -hmm. um, it just feels like God will provide. We He always has. Right. Um, yeah. So oh, I don't big. know if you have any more questions about that. Well, um, I mean, when I think of somebody who <laughs> describes themselves as like in pain all day at work, like week in, week out, and then retiring, I think this lady's still working somehow because you don't love work that much and then just sit on the couch yeah and right. so i'm wondering what work what is you know we get paid for some of our work and some of our work we don't get paid for yeah. so i'm wondering what does work look like for you now even if it's not paid pharmacy yeah uh, pharmacist um well we do strong families which was called safe families now it's called strong families and um we host we started hosting we've done strong families a couple years and we started hosting in about January or February, mm -hmm. but it was always kind of Murphy's Law, even though I worked part-time, when the needs would come up, it was always just off from my work schedule, where, mm -hmm. oh, can't do that one, can't do that one, and it was kind of frustrating, and now um, we can just do it, you know, if something comes up and we're here, mm -hmm. we, we can take it. We've mm -hmm. had three since we got home from Nicaragua mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago, oh, wow. and um, it's just great, and uh, yeah, busy with the kids, we've got a 20 or more kids on our block, actual oh, wow. block. <laughs> and uh, so there were three over today. We were making brownies and getting covered with chocolate. Well, that's you know, clear that you that's are doing that. Answer or not. But, yeah. And then I'll probably look into doing something else. Mm -hmm. Something else with kids or something else with pharmacy probably. or just like roll I the dice? I think with kids. I think yeah. pharmacy is just done. And I I know all my coworkers were really shocked, mm -hmm. you know, and... um but there had been reorgs and there's always reorgs. Yeah. You know, it's always yeah. will yeah. be. Always change. always change. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. Um, but um, things were getting harder, mm -hmm. you know, with staffing, cutting back and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And I knew things weren't going to get easier. Right. And um, yeah, it just, 
it just felt really freeing to just say, no, I'm just done. And the coworkers were pretty shocked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I felt a little bad because we were like a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've still got lots of messages from them. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A, just a big change. I'm curious, like, you know, we're Christians who identify as Christians, like in, in many ways. Um, what is that like? I know you're in leadership at work and you're not walking around giving people tracks. Or I guess you don't really walk around because everyone's remote. But right, like, right. you're not emailing them <clears throat> tracks. Like, what does it look like in your lens to like show Christ at work? Uh, you both are like culture makers, and you were too in your leadership role. Like, what does it look like these days? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, with how you treat people, right? Mm-hmm. How you treat people. Um, and there's plenty of opportunities uh, at at work, especially if you're not working at, at church and you're working in the secular world. Right. right Is there where, such a thing as a secular well, world? Well, you know, I we, we know. can have that debate later. <laughs> uh, but you know, where uh, it it isn't as homogenous of of a, of a group of of people. Uh, you've got all kinds of people from all walks of walks of life and backgrounds, and. Uh, how you engage uh, with with folks, I think, is, is a big part of how you express and, and live out your your faith. Mm-hmm. I don't pass out tracts uh, at, <laughs> at, at work, but I've also never made it uh, like a secret either. Mm-hmm. Like you know, when when, when uh, conversations come up, uh, what you do on the weekend. Well, I haven't been physically to church in a while because of of the pandemic, but you know, you you can work work things in in a, in a very mm-hmm. casual way. And then, you know, that may lead to conversations. It may not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, I think uh, it's, it, it does come down to, um, you know, how you interact, how you show up, how you treat other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that becomes the best expression of, of who you are right. as, uh, as a believer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've re- I really resonate with that. I really like that because I don't think that our goal as Christians is to convert people. Mm-hmm. Our goal as Christians is to be representative of Christ mm-hmm. and then shine his light through us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but in other ways, we don't want to make it a secret either. You don't hide right. it under the bush. Exactly. Right? exactly. Because otherwise we're shining lights of what and people don't right. know. So right. if you are open about the fact that you're a Christian and you reflect Christ in your own behavior at work, then maybe people are curious or right. maybe people are interested or they yeah. see why does, uh, why does Dune do something in some certain way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've heard years and years ago, and I've told this story before, one of my coworkers who worked at Microsoft at the mm-hmm. time had a coworker who like went around telling everybody that he was Christian and like mm-hmm. saying, I'll pray for you, like mm-hmm. all those things. And my coworker was their boss and, and he was like, you're actually terrible at your job. Like, stop walking around <laughs> telling people you're a Christian and, like, just do uh, your job yeah, better. Yeah, like, yeah. do good work yeah, and yeah. then people will, yeah. like, it represents Christ. Right, right. Both your, better, both your, yeah. both your, like, financial job and your yeah. job as a Christian. <laughs> yeah, <so>. totally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Amanda, you kind of tipped on or touched on what I think a lot of people have experienced, like shortages and mm. working more with less. And, um, you know, they, they talk about how uh, people who stayed in their job got a 20% wage decrease from those who are getting hired at 20% more. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure you've read some of those things. And so I'm curious what y'all have done in order to like 
provide yourself some downtime, provide yourself some rest when you're working hard and covering and putting out fires and, you know, taking care of shifts that staff are sick or, you know, those sorts of things. Like how have you rested well or cared for yourself? Well, I mean, you got a blood pressure cup to make sure you weren't in danger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, having moments to force yourself to stop, right. Uh, And rest not just for the benefit of rest, but for the for the opportunity to kind of like pay attention to what's happening, mm-hmm. right? To pay attention to you know what's happening with your body, with your own health, and uh, I think is where it begins, right? Because uh, I think you can very easily lose sight mm-hmm. of of yourself, you know, in the crisis, in the fire, in the change. Um, so making sure that there are moments that that you can stop. Right and pay attention and uh, and be quiet. Mm-hmm. Right, I think uh, is is the beginning of that. And then uh, rituals, you know, whether it's you know the walk with the dog. Mm-hmm. Right, I've got my you know my paths in the neighborhood. I can you know I can do a twenty-minute one-mile walk with the dog, and I can squeeze it in between meetings. Right, mm-hmm. so and I that's a ritual. Right, mm-hmm. the path that I take, you know. Um, it, the time at which I decide I want to, you know, have coffee with my wife or just there's things that, that I intentionally do mm-hmm. um, as a type of, of rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it begins with paying attention, mm-hmm. just stopping and paying attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And and being intentional about that rest but and also preparing myself to have a posture of rest, I think, is really important as well. Um, I am overly responsive on my cell phone. Mm-hmm. If people text me or email me, I will always reply in less than 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's really bad, actually. <laughs> um, so when I go on vacation, I'm probably still doing that. Or if I'm on my weekend, I'm probably still doing that. But if I have the ability to say to myself, I'm just going to take even one hour and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to breathe and I'm going to do the thing that is for me right now Mm -hmm. in that restful posture, I find that to be very refreshing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very bad at it. I don't do it very often Mm -hmm. and I really should do it more often. Um, But yeah, just um, being, being willing to carve out that sort of time for rest, I think, is so important. Because I think a lot of people will say, oh, I don't have time to do this, or I don't have time to do that. I'm always so busy. And I don't want to downplay the busyness that people have. But if we were to prioritize our rest at the same level that we were to prioritize everything else, Mm -hmm. then I think that the time for rest will come. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. I, I don't know. I start the day normally, like, prayer meditation, Bible study. And, um, and I have to allow, you know, an extra, like, 45 minutes. And sometimes people will be like, you get up at 4.45? What time do you have to leave for work? And I'm like, I don't have to leave all that early, but I need this extra time. Because yeah. I just need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it gets me ready. Um, so I feel like that's a rest at the start of the day in, mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other than that, um, being outside for me is really restful and being in the forest and being by the water. We luckily we live right near Discovery Park, so I can mm-hmm. go there with my little dog mm-hmm. um, <laughs> every day possible. Dog, yeah. And um, and that's um, really restful for me is actually getting out and exercise. Mm-hmm. And um, but some friends used to talk a lot about quiet time and mm-hmm. da da da. 
this and that, you know, you need to do this. And and, and I was always like, I just can't. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one day I was like, you know, God made me this way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. maybe that's fine. Yeah. I don't, maybe I don't have to just sit still, right. you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious, what would you say to yourself in the transition, right? Mm -hmm. Like when things were tough, there was some peace in that, right? And there still was a whole bunch of unknowns of uh, what was gonna happen. So when you think back, like, is there something you would have told yourself in the midst of the toughness or in the midst of the unknown that you would share? I I don't know. I'm still, I guess I'm sort of still in the midst of it, it feels like, Mm -hmm. because it was, I guess July 7th was my last official day, so not too long ago. Um, I know that at one point I realized um, time, do I want to spend my time kind of recovering or do I want to spend my time with family and enjoying it? Part of those changes throughout the, the hardest times from maybe... December, January through to just maybe a couple months ago, um, I think that the the things that helped the most, uh, so if I were to tell myself these things in the transition, I would tell myself again these things mm-hmm. to uh, continue holding on to little constants, mm-hmm. things that you can control and do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been um, uh, mentoring um, uh junior designers uh, for the last two, three years. Mm -hmm. And there were days where um, I just, I didn't want to do the sessions or I just wanted to cancel them all. Uh, But I found that keeping them as a constant that Mm -hmm. I continued doing Mm -hmm. uh, was life-giving. It's Mm -hmm. it's what I, you know, when everything was burning around me, Mm -hmm. I had that four o'clock session Mm -hmm. and it was going to be different then the fire and it was going to be something that I could kind of like trust and, and rely on for being positive, being mm-hmm. life-giving. Uh, the dog walks, the coffees, the whatever. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I would uh, go back and tell myself, don't think about not doing these things, right? <laughs> because they're going to be what carries you through, right? right. The, yeah. the, these little things that you can control and can keep as constants in your life while everything else mm-hmm. is is in turmoil mm-hmm. uh, keep keep doing those things mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 thanks yeah for me it's kind of interesting because uh, all the fires that are that surround me now are of my own making right. yeah. um, everything that all the stories that you've heard about how difficult small business is are true and then some mm-hmm. um, staff out sick staff um, uh, you know, customer gets hurt, mm-hmm. um, bills need to get paid. We need to make sure payroll gets paid. And if we have to only enough to pay all the employees, they get paid first. Right. You always get paid last mm-hmm. and all those kinds of things. So it's this double-edged sword where on one hand, I would tell my past self that it is so much harder than you ever thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I would also tell myself that it is so much more beautiful than you could mm-hmm. ever imagine it would be at yeah. the same time where I'm just dumbstruck constantly at the beauty of what we've created. I see the space, the the physical space. Mm -hmm. I see the looks on people's faces. I see the relationships that have been forged and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. 
I know this is just like, you shared with us just a snippet of your guys' story related to work, but so thankful that you did. Uh, it is a great encouragement to me. I have like 20 million more questions for all of you, uh, but really thank you for your time and thank yeah. you for letting us kind of see behind the curtain of your lives the last couple of years. Well, hopefully you found some places within their stories that you resonated with, found encouragement of how God was working through them. Because the truth is, and the reality is, is that God is working through all of us uh, in our workplaces, in the work that we do. So no matter what season you find yourself in, uh, you're in good company. There are folks here who uh, can can identify with that, would want to be supportive of you in that season. So whether it is a little bit more that like fires all around me or um, some fires and, and some awesomeness, um, you're in good company and we'd love to to be with you in that. But kind of toward that end, because all of our stories are unique, join me as we pray for ourselves and our workplaces. Lord God, I thank you that you have made us to work and that work is good. And then there's also, Lord, times where work is challenging and uh, changing so rapidly that it's hard to keep up. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak into uh, where we're at right now. I love that uh, point that Dune made from Psalm 19 about your word is a lamp to our feet and it is just uh, right in front of our feet. And so, Lord, I pray that you would show us how to be where we are, how to take whatever next step you have for us. And if that's staying uh, at our workplaces, great. Show us, Lord, how to uh, reveal you more and more. And if that's making a transition, Lord, give us courage to, to make that step. And Lord, I do pray that we would be able to do that in community. I ask that you would give us each resilience uh, and each uh, creativity to be in the spaces that we are. We know that you will do all of these things through us and we wait with anticipation to see what that will look like. In your name, amen.